of the Time for Your Mind podcast. This is Courtney McPherson. And today I have my first very special guest. This is Rachel. Say hi. So to be on here. I know. Rachel, um, it's so weird to say you work for me because we work together. Yeah. Uh, We have been working together for what, 10 years almost? Just about, I think. Yeah. Is it under 10 years? Yeah. So Rachel pretty much runs Leeward Counseling and um, is my brain. But the reason I'm having her on today is because we've known each other through so many ups and downs in our mm-hmm. in our lives. And she is just, to me, the pinnacle of self-assurance. And I've been dying. I know she's laughing, but... <laughs> I've been dying to interview you and share some of the things that are just so natural to you because over the years I've seen how hard and unnatural they were for me. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically in the realm of relationships. So I think we can all relate to having ups and downs in our relationship, which in my opinion, mostly is ups and downs with ourselves, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, the, the more, in my opinion, the more mature and self-assured you get, the more you have better relationships in your life, the more you set boundaries and you feel less guilty about it, or you are less afraid of being alone, big picture. So anyways, today Mm -hmm. I thought I would talk to Rachel and and pick her brain a little to see (laughs) how she turned herself into this relationship machine, because She's currently in an awesome relationship with the best guy. Shout out Zan Man. Shout out Zan Man. (laughs) (laughs) Love him. He adores her. And I just think a good relationship is so hard to find. And a good relationship doesn't mean a perfect relationship, but maybe we can start there. So what is your, how would you define a good relationship? Huh. Um, I think I can pull from the relationship I'm in right now and say, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is open communication. We talk about everything. We never try to sugarcoat things, put things under the rug. We are always upfront and honest with each other about stuff. Um, I express, probably overly express how (laughs) I feel in every situation. But if there are moments where I'm like, I felt insecure or I felt like you're a little distant or things like that. I express it right away. I never try to, to wait. I always try to say something right away. Um, so I think the communication is number one. Um, and just like we express our love for each other as cheesy as that sounds like we do, we really do. And that's something that I didn't previously do in other relationships. I think I was a little like, okay, I have to kind of protect myself if this doesn't end the way I want it to. And I'm like, I have nothing to hide here. You know, like I love him. I'm going to say that to him and show him that I care about him. Um, So I think it's like the communication, um, just like expressing how much we love each other and care for each other. That's two big things. That's huge because it's something whenever I'm doing couples therapy, before we dig into the problems or depending on where the couple's at, but almost always every session, I have the couple tell each other something that they appreciate about the week past. And it's really 
interesting how rare couples do that. Yeah. How, you know, and, and, um, oftentimes almost every time they're like, well, I, I didn't know you felt that way. I didn't know that meant anything to you. So that's awesome. So, okay. I want to get into this communication and these like little nuggets of joy that you're sharing, but Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your relationship history. I mean, I, know it, but (laughs) to the T and again, I just, I've known Rachel since she was 22 and she's always been impressively decisive and, um, strong and just had the, this ability when it's not working to get out, Mm -hmm. um, not in a cold or avoidant attachment way, just a very self-respecting way. And, uh, it's a fascinating because whenever, <laughs> you, whenever you talk to me, I'd be like, you should, oh, this, give him another chance. He doesn't sound that yeah. bad. And I was like, damn, she's, she shouldn't be asking me for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I would have stayed way longer dealing with that chick. Yeah. But yeah. So tell us a little bit about your dating history. So, um, I mean, I will say in my early twenties is when I sort of started to explore like dating more when I was in high school, like beginning of college, I was just kind of like, I don't really want to do any of that. Um, And when I did, I mean, I went through a lot of just like, guys who were playing games with me, you know, I wanted something, but they wanted something else. But there was like, no talking about that. There was no communication. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, Capo basement, like that's where they were at. (laughs) Um, So I think I, I started with that sort of thing for a while. Um, just sort of exploring like what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, and then I would say like around 24, 25 was when I started to like have longer term relationships, I guess. Um, and I wanted it, but I wanted to make sure it was with someone that I actually genuinely cared about, um, and felt it with, like it was a natural, okay, we're like together and this feels right. Not like I want a boyfriend. I want the label of a boyfriend. Let me just get together with this one guy. Um, so that was like my, my mid twenties, I would say like 24 to 27 was just kind of longer term, like maybe like eight to eight months to a year type of thing. Um, and I had a couple where the first couple months were great, but then I was like, no, this isn't it. Like, and there was no denying it for me. I think that's the thing with me is that when I feel it, it's, that's it. Like I, I can't force it to happen after that. It's just like my brain and my heart make those decisions at the same time. And it's just like, it's not right. You're so fucking lucky (laughs) because I don't have that capacity. I didn't in the past. Well, I, and I didn't even realize it was a unique thing to have until talking to you and you're like, you're so decisive, you know what you're doing. Um, but it's just like, when I know, I know, I know that's cliche, but I just, I can't keep going because it's not fair to me and it's not fair to that other person. So I have to just say, okay, as hard as it, as this is, I can't keep doing this. So, and, and that's the thing, like you don't, if people with, um, avoidant attachment styles, they, you see that. So I, in my past, have been a, a typical anxious attachment style mm-hmm. where like, you know, want to be loved, want them to love me. Um, 
worried that it's, you know, not happening. And then you see the avoidant attachment style, which is like, no problem cutting it off for any reason, like f- look for problems, look for an yeah. exit strategy. And I don't think that's you. I really don't think, no, you know? So I guess my question is, were you ever afraid of being single and not meeting the one? Cause I think that was what kept me in bad relationships longer than I needed to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't really remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm going to be single forever if I keep going the way that I'm going. I just remember feeling like I would rather be single than be in a relationship where it's not fully 100% real for me. Like I would rather I'm happier single by myself than I am with someone who is not making me happy in the way that I need in a relationship. So I think that I was willing to just kind of risk it in that way because I wanted to make sure it was fully the right person. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we all say that, but then (laughs) you actually mean it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I, I remember before I met Xander, who is my current boyfriend, um, I was like, I think I was 27 or 28 at the time. And I was like, I know exactly what I want now, you know, nearing my thirties, I was like, I want someone who's mature, who's smart, who's like a family man, who cares about the things that I care about, um, ask me good questions, like sort of the other superficial things went to the wayside, you know, like, is he attractive? Does he make a lot of money? You know, all of these other things that I was like, maybe that's what I should be looking for sort of went away. And it was more of like these, what are his like morals and values in life? And that's what I want. And um, that's sort of what I was looking for. Not necessarily like, who's the best looking at this bar? You know, who can I go up and talk to? Right. Like, who's like the dressed coolest. nice, like tall, handsome. Um, and Xander is all those things too. He is. No, <laughs> he is. And, and it's not to say he's not, but it's just the the values are the most important. values are the yeah. most important in like going out and and if I was like sort of looking for someone or talking to guys it was like well let me try to figure out like who they are do they have passions like do they care about their family like those sort of things started to become more of like the let's talk about this versus like I go to the gym five days a week and I lift and blah 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 blah, blah. at Mike McPherson when he was 23 <laughs> Little, little roast of my husband. Yeah. He was obsessed with Jersey Shore and would oh my actually gosh. gym tan laundry. So <laughs> I now I do his my... laundry, but he still gym and tan. Of course he does. Um, how did you, okay, this might be a weird vulnerable question because I think I wanted to feel the exact way you did. Yeah. How did you know you were worth the values you wanted? I, cause that's where I got tripped up was yeah. like, yeah, of course I want these things. But like, what if there isn't someone out there that wants that, that I'm not, what if I'm not good enough yeah. for someone out there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like my journey with self-assurance work mm-hmm. and boundary setting and all that stuff came in and thousands of dollars in therapy. But I feel like you just kind yeah. of like grew into it. Yeah. And I I mean, 
I'm for, very fortunate that I sort of am that way. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with like seeing how my parents are and True. their relationship. And I mean, they, I'm one of six kids, as you know, so like they sort of had to go through the ups and downs of parenting and, you know, there were like a lot of strains on their relationship when we were young, just with like finances and kids and all of that, you know, normal stuff. Um, but they were so like resilient within the two of them and they persevered. And I think that showed me like, I should have high expectations. Like my dad and my mom are both, you know, working full time still. And they were when we were young, but like, they just never, they always made sure that their relationship was solid throughout all of it. So I think just growing up around that, it gave me pretty high expectations like for myself and who I want. Um, and I mean, they, they also like echo that just with parenting me, you know, like they're like, don't settle for anything. That's not the best. And, um, like, I think that they helped shape that for me significantly. And then I think as I got older and seeing friends, family, whoever in relationships where they were kind of being played with or, you know, I, I could see for myself that that guy was not right for that person. And I'm like, he's not treating you right. Like, come on. I think all of that sort of came together. And I was like, this is exactly what I want. I know what I want. And I'm not going to settle for anything else. I love that. That was it. You're she's not lying people. Like (laughs) I've said that didn't mean it, mean it now again, but I think you're so right. And I, this is something that we dig into in the self-assurance 101 course is learning about your roots of self-assurance. Yes. Because I really had to do a lot of exploration with um, my parents' relationship and Mm -hmm. kind of modeling, um, even though my mom said, don't settle in this and that, just seeing the way she allowed like herself to be treated, you know, the things, even just communication, like the things she was afraid to say, Mm -hmm. and and even just being afraid to say something to your partner is, is just saying that, you know, that's modeling a lack of open communication. Right. Um, or seeing, you know, communication resulting in a fight. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that's what makes you afraid because you're like, why would I want to do this? And exactly go down that road again. Right. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of people, why they don't just have this embedded within them mm-hmm. the way you do. Yeah. So what do you feel? Cause so you also did the self-assurance 101 course, yeah. one of my guinea pigs. <laughs> and I was, you know, it's interesting because I'm like, Rachel doesn't need this, but she wanted it. Yeah. And I think it was interesting for you to see that we all have sort of things we could sharpen our self-assurance on. Yeah. What do you feel like in relationships, um, if there's something you're afraid to say or afraid to communicate, what would your advice be to someone out there? I mean, I think I would start with like, why are you afraid to say it? Like, what, what is it? Why, why are you even afraid? You know, if, if you have a decent foundation with your significant other, like, why is it that you're afraid to say something? Is it like the context of what you're saying or, you know, just kind of exploring that. Um, But also I just feel like in a relationship, there should just be nothing to hide. Like it should, 
you should be open and honest. And I feel like that like sets a really good foundation when you are looking to have a long-term relationship with someone is like, maybe I'm a little bit afraid to say this and I don't know what his reaction or her reaction is going to be, but I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm just going to say it. And then if the pieces fall apart after, like, and we can pick them up together, then this means that this is a good relationship. You know, like if that he is reactive or, you know, he reacts in a way that you weren't expecting or she reacts in a way you weren't expecting, you know, being able to say, okay, can we work through this now? And then I feel like that's telling if there is like a, this is turning into a huge fight. We're not going to be able to work through this type thing. Um, Cause like I'm human too. There's been plenty of times where I'm like, ah, like, I don't agree with, you know, what he's saying that he wants to do or what he's saying that we should do in this situation. Like, and I'm kind of like, I know that this could maybe like cause a little bit of confrontation here, but I just say, you know what, I think it's worth it to just say it. And then afterwards sort of see if you're able to kind of work together to, you know, fix it if you have to resolve a problem or whatever it is. Right. So it sounds like you're saying really just finding someone that you feel like they honor what you have to say. Yes. Yeah. And so, and that, that's like, that's so I, I, I feel like that's another sort of like pillar of a good relationship is just like, you're obviously going to have differences. The two of you individually, like we're different people. We come from different backgrounds, like everyone. Um, but it's, it's, I feel like it's figuring out how to work through the conflicts and like decision-making and that sort of is telling to like, okay, is this going to be worth it? Is this like going to be a long-term relationship for me? Yeah. Yeah. You, and it's crazy how many people are, you know, married with kids with, or in very long-term relationships where they feel like they can't communicate yeah. with the person they're with. Yeah. And so it's not something that can't be worked on, but I do think that's a really good point. And someone you're okay being vulnerable with. Like you're not a very vulnerable person. So to yeah. hear that you express your love. Yeah. That's... I know. <laughs> Saying that in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually like said that, but it is like, it's a huge part of, I think, why we have a solid relationship. Because I can't express it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one question I always ask my clients who are working on dating is who are you when you're with this person? Mm -hmm. Are you yourself? Are you accepted? Do you feel attractive? Do you feel important? Do you feel smart? And so someone I think that listens to you and makes you feel safe being vulnerable Yeah, being like, I really like you and I don't think you're going to screw me over. Yeah. So, and just like values what you have to say, you know, just even if it's like, so left field that they're like, what are you talking about? Just still being like, okay, so, you know, you're saying this for a reason. So like, let's talk about it type of thing. Just being like open. Yeah. I've actually seen, it's funny, Rachel and I um, went out to lunch with Mike and Xander Mm -hmm. and they kind of bonded over the fact that we both hate when they just nap and lay on the couch, like lazy (laughs) pieces of shit. Love you guys. (laughs) But um it was in action, actually, I seeing you kind of being like, I'm going to talk about this. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but I'm not going to pretend that I like it. Mm-hmm. We're going to work it out. Yeah. But um, no, Mike loved being like, it's not just not just me. I know. They find one other person that's like doing the same thing. They're like, see, 
everyone's doing it. But when we're like up and doing things, like, don't you feel bad? I, I feel know. bad. Same. So the guilt. I love this. This was awesome. And, you know, I'd also love to hear any questions you guys have for Rachel. We'd love to do a part two or dig into other things. Absolutely. But um, do you want to? end with telling everyone how you met the story of how you met Xander? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll give the short version because yeah. it's, it's a little long. Um, but it was in 2018 and we were at a bar in Boston called Loco. Um, and Xander had been out with his friends all day having a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I had just, just sort of like gotten to the bar with my roommates and he came over and he wanted to order himself a drink. So he sort of like wedged his way in between me and my roommate. And I said, nobody, like you got to find somewhere <laughs> else. I was in deep conversation with my roommate. I'm like, this isn't happening. He says, okay, well, let me buy you and all your friends a drink. And I said, okay, well, I'm here with like five or six people. So that's like essentially eight margaritas. And he's like, okay. And so, um, we order them. He can't find his card. He doesn't have a tab open. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So he opens his wallet, literally just his license in his wallet. And I'm like, great, I'm going to pay for these eight margaritas. And then he just pulls out like $200 worth of cash, throws it down. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, but anyways, then we sort of started talking and um, he was just so easy to talk to. One thing I really loved about him was that he made sure to talk to all of my roommates and all of my friends. It wasn't just like, she's the girl that I'm interested in. And I just want to talk to her. He was like, okay, so who are you? And how do you know, Rachel? Where do you live? You know, like that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, he cares about people I care about. Like, that was a huge thing for me. Um, and that was Sunday. And then we went on our first date that following Thursday. You forgot the when he asked you for your number. Oh, oh, biggest part. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the night, he asked for my number. And I said, well, what's my name? I'll give you my number if you can remember my name. And um, I like looked away for a split second and he looked at my friend Joe and he was like, what's her name? And then turned back around and was like, Rachel. Then later come to find out, I was like, you didn't even know my name when you asked for my <laughs> I love that story. We owe it all to Joe. We really do. I say that to him all the time. Shout out Joe. Shout out Joe. So, okay, guys, thanks for listening. Again, I'd love to hear if you have any other questions for Rachel or you want to know more about this topic. And please check out the Self-Assurance 101 course at starboardgrowth.mykajabi.com or hit me up on Instagram at Courtney Colnane. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Okay, bye. Bye.